Hey, welcome back to a new episode of Bat Page Breakdown. I'm Antoine Staley, and here with me this week is a uh, great guest. And you know, I've been on his podcast a few times, Will Parkinson of Turn On The Jets podcast, too. You can check him out at WillPA11 on Twitter. Uh, Will, what's going on, man? How you doing? I'm good, man. I'm good. We were just talking. The Jets are uh, getting healthier. We're, we're starting to get towards real football now. Not that camp's not real football, but... You know, I think we're all ready to stop covering preseason and start covering oh, some regular season stuff. Man, this is like the longest preseason ever. Like, yeah, <laughs> you had that, we had the extra extra like week and a half because of the Hall of Fame game. It's brutal. Yeah, and I and I covered the NFL when it was like four like preseason games all all the time, like with the Dolphins and you know. So yeah, this is this just felt like longer because I guess because they started so early uh, with training camp and everything like that. So yeah, I'm, I am so ready for the season yeah. to start. Yeah, yeah especially especially Monday night. Um, I mean, it's you get to enjoy the Sunday games a little bit. It's Sunday one o'clock window is always awesome, and now I get to enjoy that, enjoy Sunday night football for the first time, and then and then we'll get into uh, get into a Monday night uh, Monday night affair. Exactly, exactly. So you were out there at Jets uh, practice last week. Just kind of what your what your assessment are, and just what what, your, what was your assessment, and just kind of what you saw out there. Yeah. So. I thought a couple of different things. I think they look a lot sharper uh, than I, than I saw them earlier in the summer. I felt like there's a lot, they're still working some kinks out, but I, I felt like the, there's a little bit better tempo to practice. It felt like an in-season kind of simulated practice, no pads, you know, just helmets. And then, you know, things were moving quickly. The offensive line looked a lot better, you know, granted it's obviously nicer to get four or five starters back and um, you know, and so on and so forth. But, you know, they just looked better. They looked sharper. Like I said, I, I felt, I felt like the team as a whole was kind of, there was that lull in camp, right? There was that, you know, we talked about how long camp was. There was a week, week and a half lull between, you know, that those joint practices where it's like, geez, dude, they've been in practice. They've already played two preseason games and they're, they're just starting another joint practice and they still have two more games to go. It's like, it felt like it was a really long camp. So I, I liked what I saw. I thought Brees Hall looked very much like Brees Hall. Again, is he getting guys chopping at his knees? No, but he looked every bit as explosive cutting off that knee. You know, his top end speed is, is still pretty hard to pretty hard to fathom if you're you know a defensive uh, a defensive player Rodgers obviously his arm looks fantastic he's moving around he looks like he's just having fun I don't know that's the biggest takeaway is like this team looks like they're they don't I don't I don't get the sense the pressure's gotten to them like I feel like obviously it's early right but they kind of just like they feel like they're loose at practice I feel like they're running around talking trash like all that type of fun good stuff that I've seen in the past with Jets teams where you can kind of like you can feel the pressures on him. I felt like at times last year you could feel Zach, the weight on Zach's shoulders. Like you, it was like evident, right? And I, I just don't feel like you see that right now. So um, I liked what I saw. Again, the line looked better. Brees looked good. You know, Rodgers and the defense just flies around the football. It's a it's a really impressive group. So yeah, what what was your impressions on Rodgers? Because I think he's like just seeing him in practice every day. I think he's looked every bit of as advertised and looked like the guy that won two of the last three MVPs. I. I I'm not sure that like I only saw him. I didn't get to see him, you know, live in practice when the Jets were in Green Bay. Um, you know, like through the videos and stuff like that. I, I'm not sure he looks that different. Like I, I mean, I, maybe I'm wrong. I'm gonna have to see in a game. I, I know a lot's been made about he looks like he's lighter. That's something that Tom Brady and a lot of these older quarterbacks have kind of adjusted from is bigger lower bodies and then upper body wise, keeping themselves flexible and things like that. I'm not sure that's really a problem. Maybe I'll be wrong about that, but. Um, he looked fine on on Saturday night. I mean, Michael Carter, not the best uh, not the best rep of pass pro I've ever seen. That's why I thought the Jets need to add another veteran running back because of those type of situations. But um, I, his arm looks good. He's still making all the throws. 
And I just felt like him being in Jets practice still feels a little surreal. Um, you know, I think Monday night, he's not, still never played a true home game. I mean, we played in MetLife, but obviously they, the Jets weren't the, uh, the home team. Yeah. I think that we're going to see, you know, a lot of the excitement and the, the energy he's brought here. You just, I mean, the interview Lincoln Tomlinson did with Janae Oakley was like, Lincoln's been to the Super Bowl, right? Like he's gotten paid twice. He's gotten paid twice. He's a first round pick. Like he looked like a little kid in a candy store talking about Aaron Rodgers. So um, that to impress guys like that, especially veterans that have been there, done that, that, that really shows you how impactful, I guess, Rodgers has really been. Yeah, I think I mean, we interviewed Lincoln earlier in the summer. Like, I mean, he couldn't wipe the smile off his face if you tried. Like, he was just – yeah, it just – like, it was just a different enthusiasm and just excitement with this team because it's added Aaron. And you could just see it just from the energy, just, you know, inside the building, on the practice field. I mean, they're joking around, having a good time. Last year, I don't think you ever really saw that. I mean, with this team, with Zach under the center and obviously Mike White and – uh, as well, and Joe Flacco too, as well. So, like, want to throw him in there too. But yeah, I don't think you saw the same excitement and enthusiasm as you're doing with this same this year. Yeah, you saw like a little bit of the looseness when Mike White kind of took over momentarily. Um, but obviously, again, it's it's that looseness and that kind of swagger. But with Aaron Rodgers, not Mike White, right? Like it, it felt like last year when Mike White was the quarterback. It's not even about it was about the guy, right? And the, the guys in the locker room obviously wanted to, you know kind of played I don't want to say played harder that's kind of a cliche answer but they just there's a different looseness about the team again the effectiveness which which with which Mike White played we can debate forever and he had some nice moments had some moments didn't look so good it just felt like a different team so um no I'm fully expecting them to hit the ground running I was a big I was a big proponent of him playing against the Giants I felt like I don't know I I trans I just from transferring schools getting ready for a game they get ready for practice in a new uniform new stadium new teammates like that stuff does matter and the adrenaline rush he's going to get on Monday night as are everybody the game picks up so fast Mahomes played Allen played even guys like Kenny Pickett played the entire preseason like you heard Mike Tomlin Andy Reid these are guys that we consider the best head coaches in football being pretty big proponents of these guys playing the preseason I'm glad the Jets got yes of course they got out of there with no injuries right so like yeah in, in hindsight everything looks good but it's good for, you know, sauce to kind of go out there and, and get some reps and, you know, some live bullets and, you know, the Jermaine Johnson's of the world, more and more reps obviously help him, you know, even a CJ Mosley kind of just knocked the cobwebs off a little bit. So the first time, you know, the first drive Monday night and Stefan Diggs is, you know, running a, a stop and go again, like he did the first time against the Jets last year, you're not sitting there and like, oh, wow, you know, we're really into this thing. You don't want to get down seven, nothing early, um, you know, for no reason. Yeah, I think I, I, I would have probably played him against Tampa had the offensive line been healthier. But, you know, obviously that wasn't the case. But, yeah, I, th I agree with you. I think it's good to get him out there. And he even talked about it after the game. Like, he obviously had butterflies because this is the first time he was in the Jets uniform and, you know, out there in the crowd, even though it wasn't technically a Jets home game, but you still had a lot of Jets fans that gave him a standing ovation. And I thought that was like – like he said, it really eased them and helped them, you know, prepare and have a, you know, good two series out there. Yeah, look, at the end of the day, like, it's a division game. You know, we know Von Miller's not going to play now, which is a huge deal. But the Jets win that game. They're up two games on Buffalo in the division. And yeah. it's only week one, right? Like, or they lose, and they still have to go up to Buffalo, and they're down two games in the division. Like, Correct. that stuff does matter. And, you know, they look, they've always played Buffalo tight. And, you know, they even the bad Jets teams at 2020, like, I felt like they always forced turnovers with Josh Allen. They always played him tough. But now – um, they have the talent to do so. So 
you kind of making a statement week one, getting the monkey off your back and be able to go into Dallas, which Rogers owns Dallas, like going in one and oh and feeling really good, knowing you have the Chiefs and you know the Patriots bugaboo kind of upcoming and stuff like it just Eagles it spirals. Well, yeah. yeah, the Eagles as well, it spirals. Whereas you start 0 one, if you don't look great, like the season's not over, right? We we know week one's kind of a it's kind of fugazi a little bit, but yeah, they look bad week one. Um, a lot of pressure to go into Dallas, which is a really good team, and beat them in their home building. Um, you know, I just don't – you want to get out to a good start. Like, Buffalo doesn't really feel as much pressure. The Jets – I know they – I didn't say they didn't feel the pressure, but I think there should – they should have some pressure to kind of go out there and make a statement week one and be like, we've arrived. Yeah, I think especially with their schedule. Hey, they got Dallas after that. The pay- Say what you want to about the Patriots. I mean, they have not beaten New England since 2015. And I know that's something that's going to be highly talked about during that week, too. And I'm sure the players are going to be motivated. But, you know, Patriots are still a well-coached team with Belichick. Defense is still really strong. Too, so, you know, they're going to they're gonna play well. It's just a question about Matt Jones. And basically. Yeah, and it- uh, yeah, they should have beat him last year twice, right? Like, yeah, you know, and it's just – they looked good in the first half. They're up 10 threes. I thought it was a bad pick. And then the wheels fell off. And then wow. you get in the game in New England, like you lose on a punt return touchdown. There's a lot of games. I know people kind of point to last year of either backup quarterbacks or the, the, the defense failed down the stretch. I, I didn't feel like the defense failed down the stretch at all. But, um, you know, look back to that Lions game, you know, punt return for a touchdown. They have a better punter. They probably win two other games. They have a better quarterback. They probably win another four or five. Like, it's <laughs> It just you look back and if you look at it from a, a negative perspective, it's go, oh, you know, they got maybe lucky with a couple of different things. They also got very unlucky with, you know, Brain Man shanked a bunch of punts that it cost them two football games. And so um yeah, they gotta beat New England. Like they at worst you split, but if you lose both games to New England again, like you're probably not making the playoffs. They're a team that you have to be better than. Correct. Yeah, you're not making the playoffs, yeah. especially in this division where you still got a, got the Dolphins who are a playoff contender, and obviously we know about Buffalo too as well. But, yeah, I definitely want to ask you about Dalvin Cook and also Brees Hall. Just how, how would you manage that situation? Because we talk about, you know, Dalvin hasn't had any practice time. This will be his first, you know, real practice this week. And obviously Brees is coming off the ACL injury and also being on PEP as well. Yeah, so, I mean, like I would – I think they're going to feature a lot of two, you know, two back backfields at some point this year. Um, they're likely going to keep Nick Baldwin on the roster, who's a guy that, you know, keeping a fullback in 2023 is not the most common thing. Um, and keeping four running backs. So, and potentially four tight ends, um, depending on what they do with Yabo and Koontz. But, you know, look, I, I think you ease Brees into it. The problem is you kind of also have to ease Dalvin into it just a little bit. I mean, he's come, I don't think it's the same thing. He's coming off his shoulder, which he played through all of last year. Um, it's more of getting his legs up to speed over the next, you know, 13 days here, which they should be able to do. I think, yeah. you know, Dalvin could have signed a little early in the offseason if he wanted to. I think uh, <laughs> I think he strategically timed it up so he didn't really have to do much camp. Totally fine. That's a, that's a normal thing. Like a Josh Jacobs, Jonathan Taylor, they'll magically be practicing. You know, we know Jacobs will be. Jonathan Taylor's situation will get sorted today. And then he'll magically be practicing tomorrow after not playing all camp and his back, you know, acting up. Um I think the expectations would be Dalvin's probably the lead back early on, and then you kind of work Brees back into being the lead back, and then it kind of goes more like 60-40, 65-35, or whatever it's going to be in, in favor of Brees. I just think for the first eight weeks or, or so, um, I guess for seven, and then going to that Giants game, like I think the first time we see Brees is the quote-unquote lead back where he's getting 20 carries is probably that Giants game. I think before that it's maybe Dalvin – 
Brees at 10, Dalvin at 15 or so. You know, I'm just throwing numbers out there. Michael Carter gets three yeah. or four or whatever it might be. Um, I think they're going to th- use the the screen game and some of these McCall Hardman's Garrett. We saw it a little bit. It's kind of a quasi-run game as well early on in the year. Just get the ball in a playmaker's hands and space. Um, we just we saw a lot with the Packers what this offense could look like with Aaron Jones. Um you know, and Aaron Jones became this, you know, kind of force and AJ Dillon's kind of more of a guy that you has to get some of the tough yardage. Obviously everyone at Green Bay probably wishes AJ Dillon ran the way he looked sometimes, but regardless, <laughs> <laughs> regardless, I think, you know, you'll see a lot of two back stuff. I think this offense can be a lot of two backs and two tight ends. I know there was a concern with Corey Davis, you know, retiring. Um, I don't know how many touches Corey Davis is going to get. I think this offense can be built around a lot of Wilson, you know, uh, Wilson cook, Obviously, Brees Hall and then some of the tight ends before it kind of goes down to Lazard, then Hardman, then it would have been Corey Davis, then Randall Cott. Like, I just – I think this offense, if they can – if they can get a good Dalvin Cook, yes, evil Minnesota, 100 to 150 carries this year. Um, he's, he's His top-end speed's still awesome. He's not quite as shifty as he was maybe, but, you know, Jets fans remember, not that LT and Dalvin Cook are the same player, but – People remember kind of, oh, LT is on maybe the wrong side. And he looks fantastic in 2009, 2000, you know, or 2010, I apologize, and, um, you know, helped them a lot. So that's kind of my expectations there. Yeah, and then I know a lot of people talk about this offense too. But, yeah, I think I definitely think you'll see a lot of Dalvin early, like kind of what you said. And, you know, I mean, I think like you hit on as well, the Packers used a variety of different running backs. And then, yeah, you could have Brees ease them in a little bit. And I also think they'll play the hot hand too as well, like at times, like especially when Brees gets more up to speed there as well. Because you're in a situation where you have two guys that can be the guy. So, yeah. just, you know, play the high hand and, you know, just take it from there. I think that's a good good problem to have here the Jets. That's why I thought it was vital for them to get a veteran running back. I thought having having Dalvin there, I think the Jets needed Dalvin more than I think the Dolphins, you know, needed him. Yeah, no, the Dolphins barely really ran the football last year. I think they were 31st in, in rushing attempts last year. They basically didn't even try. And then you look back at San Francisco where McDaniels is the run game coordinator, it was like, Every year is a different guy. It was, yeah. uh, you know, leading back there was Mostert or Matt Burita and all, all these different guys, right? So, um, you know, I just look at it and I think the Jets are in a different spot where they do want to run the football. You do want to have um, – you do want to have kind of alternating backs, getting different carries. Am I surprised that Michael Carter made the roster over Bam? Not really. Um, you know, I thought maybe they keep Bam as like a bigger back, but frankly didn't have a great preseason. Uh, I thought he – you know, some – some mistakes fumbling the football just didn't look as good. Michael Carter looks more like the back, you know, we saw, you know, in 2021 than we just saw last year. And I think as a third guy, it's a pretty nice luxury to have. Again, in pass pro could definitely clean it up a little bit. Um, but if he's your kind of change your pace guy in terms of a body type that, you know, you're more than fine. I think this running back room is going to be a huge strength of this team. And um, she, they have the best, I would argue they have the best running back room in the, in the, uh, in the conference, let alone the league. Yeah, I think that's a good argument to have. And uh, I, I kind of want to switch gears to their defense, too, as well. I think their defensive line is just – it's crazy good. I, I don't know if I – is one – maybe the Eagles, you can argue. But, you know, you can rotate so many guys out, especially on situational downs where, you know, you need you need a stop on run – you need a run stop. You need a pass. You need, you need a sack. You know, I just think that they have – all the tools, all the different guys that are able to, you know, get whatever stuff that they need. Just talk about their defensive line and just kind of what you've seen and their expectation that you have for them this year. Yeah, the expectation for this defense, um, I just talked about it on my pod a little bit earlier. The expectation should be at worst the top seven unit, 
based on like statistics. I think if they, if you said they had the best defensive, you know, best defense in the league at, at the end of the year, I don't think that'd be crazy. Do I think they will? I think maybe not. I think there's a couple defenses, San Francisco, Philadelphia, you mentioned even Baltimore, you know, feel like they're right there neck and neck, but I don't know the talent on this team. We've seen it, you know, all summer. We've seen it last year on the field. You know, they didn't really play with a lot of leads last year. When they did, <laughs> offenses didn't didn't have much success. You know, we saw games like Buffalo, Chicago teams get, you know, they get up early and, and they kind of just hop, you know, jump right on you. And, you know, even a game like, you know, Minnesota where it felt like they were getting torched or Jacksonville and, and, and Seattle, it's like they still have like 20 points. You know, it's yeah. like it's not as if they – and that's a game where they were, you know, off their game and they're playing really good offenses and they still, uh, you know, they still held teams to 20, 23 points, et cetera. I think they lost four or five games last year, giving up like less than 20 points. I think it was five, yeah. which is which is insane, right? So it is. Def- the defensive line, you know, getting healthier. We talked a little bit about it. Carl Lawson's back at practice. Jermaine Johnson and Bryce Huff have looked unbelievable. I mean, unblockable all preseason. Bryce Huff had like 10 pressures already in, in, in four preseason games or whatever it was, which is ridiculous. I think he had three sacks as well. Jermaine Johnson's been fantastic against the run and pass. We've only seen like two sets of Quinn and Williams and JFM reps. And those guys are probably their two biggest name players. So um, even like a Solomon Thomas, Q Jeff, these guys are making plays. Tanzel Smart probably makes like 30, 25 other teams in the league yes. as, a, as a defensive line guy. And he's probably not going to make the roster. So um, that's, that's a great room, right? Like if you just left it there, that defense should be pretty good. Their linebacker room you know, CJ Mosley is an all pro like most, you know, that's, that's obviously a nice thing to have. And then Quincy Williams has some nice, you know, has that high upside. And then you look at the secondary, Tony Adams is going to be this good um, or at least a stable NFL starter making, you know, making the league minimum. Like you can build a lot around him. Whitehead's like, actually that's one guy who I thought last year had a really rough year. And in terms of not, he actually had a bad year. I just think the expectations were Jordan Whitehead was going to come in and like solve all their safety problems. And, he got hurt. I think week one, he rolled his, you know, he had the sprained ankle and yeah. or week two potentially. And after that, he just didn't really look the same all year. Had some nice moments, had some big missed tackles. He was like good in camp. And then obviously we know about the, the secondary, I mean, the, uh, the corner room, right? The, Brandon Eccles is, is a damn good number three to have as your cornerback or Jimmy Moreland is your four or whatever. Like, you know, I know he's on IR now, but um, Michael Carter's every bit as good as a slot guy. Um, and we know what sauce and DJ Reed are. So, and they have an excellent like defensive staff. So I'd be pretty disappointed if I was the Jets. Internally, I'm sure they talk about uh, wanting to be the best defense in football. And if your offense is going to be just pr- productive, league average even, they should be in a really good spot, you know, from a uh, from a defensive perspective. Yeah, uh, I, my, I'm gonna get you out of here on this, and like I might did my season prediction, and I had the Jets winning the division. I had them tied uh, with actually Miami winning the division, like at 11 and six. Uh, I, I think you know, I think they're that good. I think Dalvin kind of puts them over the top, and you know, I believe there'll be a probably about a three seed uh, the AFC too. I think I think that's. I think that's about right. I think I have Cincinnati winning the AFC, but I think Cincinnati and KC, I think they're the top two teams. And I think the Jets could be right there with them. Just just kind of what do you what do you expect this team to be? And then will this fan can this fan base uh will they be disappointed if one, they don't make the playoffs? Obviously I'm sure that'll be the case. But two, if, even if they do and win a playoff game but not reach the Super Bowl, because that's the expectation now, especially when you go get a guy like Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, so a couple of things. I'll start with the with the last question first. I, I've talked about this a lot. I think the expectation is get to the divisional round. Um, 
I don't think they're going to get the one seed, which means they're going to be playing on wild card weekend. Regardless, you, you want to try to host a playoff game and get to a divisional round matchup. I think that's a fair expectation. Um, it's year one of this thing. These guys, have ne- most of these guys, have never been in the playoffs. Obviously, <laughs> most anyone that's been on the Jets for longer than um, you know, longer than just getting here, has never been to the playoffs with the Jets. I, I look at it as you get to the divisional round, and you know you have another year of this thing, another year for these guys to even get better and better, to add and retool some more pieces with some free cap space coming up and, and things like that. I think that you you feel pretty confident if you're a Jets fan. You go, damn, we didn't get to the Super Bowl, but kind of 2009-ish vibes where, all right, we've kind of arrived and now we have expectations and we've kind of proven we can win a playoff game, whether it be on the road or at home. I think you got to try to host a playoff game. I know you mentioned it, but, like, they have not done that since 2002. They beat Peyton Manning 1,000 to nothing uh, with that Colts <laughs> team back in the day. I but, know you know, I was also eight years old at the time, um, you know, and uh, I'm now about to turn 30. So it's not as if, you know, uh, they've had a co- it's been a common occurrence. They've done well hosting playoff games. You know, they beat, uh, they beat the Jags, too, in 98. Regardless, I think if they don't make the playoffs, I think everybody's gone. I actually like, – I don't know how you keep anybody around. Um, I like Robert Saul a lot. I actually think he gets a lot of unfair criticism. You know, this defense was the worst Same. defense in football. And then all of a sudden, top five they defense last year. Yeah, they fit top five defense, and it's like – Oh, it's all sauce. Like, well, yeah, him being really good helped, but you know, Quentin, yeah, Quentin, yeah, this, also. yeah, yeah, not for nothing. Like these guys do get coached, and yeah. so, um, but yeah, I think fans would be incredibly disappointed if they don't make. You know, if they go, look, they unfortunately they sneak in as a six seed or something. They play KC in round one and they lose twenty seven twenty four on wild card weekend. Like, kind of hard to be uber disappointed in that or Cincinnati or something like that. But yeah, I think divisional round. Um, Conference championship probably should be the goal for the year. Obviously, the Super Bowl is the goal, but I think a, a high upside goal is get to the conference title game. You know, find a way to, to find a way to beat it in the fourth quarter. Get your you know get your kind of playoff wounds you know there, and then you know go from there. Um, expectation wise, for me in terms of their record and things like that, I think eleven wins is what I'm going to end up settling on. I think eleven and six feels about right. I can see a very clear path to 13 wins and I can see a very clear path to them winning nine or 10 games and sneaking into the playoffs. If you know, you lose some close games, a couple injuries here or there, or a team's better than you think it's a hard conference. It's a difficult schedule. You know, teams like Atlanta, Houston, stuff like that down the line, you know, later in the season, Washington seem like layups, but you know, those are all teams that, you know, people think could sneaky, you know, be a little bit better than we everyone thinks. So I mean, I think they finish 11 and six. I also think they, Find a way to host a playoff game. Um, that's what I'm going to end up settling on as them winning the division. I think Buffalo and them end up tied 11-6. Miami goes 10-7, and and New England's like a 7-10 and team. I, I maybe I can I'm right. I reserve the right to change my mind in the next uh, you know uh, whatever time frame. But um, you know from going from there, um, you know I think uh, I think that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I, I think uh, you talked about Robert Sala. I think he took over the worst roster in football when he took over the Jets. I mean, I talk about coming from Adam Gase and everything that they went through and yeah, just roster, like, from top to bottom. Like, even the top wasn't necessarily, like, the greatest. And then for him to turn this around, for him to go from four wins to seven, and had, and they had the opportunity to make the playoffs last year. Yeah. It's pretty, it's pretty freaking phenomenal, like, the fact that they had an opportunity. Although I know it's disappointing the way that they ended losing six straight, but just the fact that they had an opportunity, especially with the roster turnover that they had, I think it's pretty remarkable, like, pretty amazing and remarkable. 
and now you're in a situation where you're expected to win. You're expected to win the division and also contend in the AFC in the Super Bowl. You got to give them credit for that. You really do. Yeah, you have to. It's like it's it's incredibly impressive to kind of have that turnaround that quickly. I think people assume rebuilds take five, six, seven years. They've kind of rebuilt. They've rebuilt. You know, pretty pretty efficiently here. But you know, now's the time. You know, they have the roster. They got to go out and uh, got to go out and get it. Yeah, it definitely for sure. But yeah, Will, man, it was great to have you on, man. I appreciate your time as always, and hopefully you have me on your podcast too. Of course, sure. we'll we'll talk uh, we'll talk a bunch this year, and we'll have to do another episode. And people always love when you come on, so I appreciate you you having me on the show. And uh, anytime you want, I'm more than happy to you know talk some Jets. Yeah, definitely uh, for sure. Like anytime, but yeah, like, I want to thank everybody for tuning in the back page breakdown. Uh, we'll have another episode on Thursday too as well. So everybody have a good. Tuesday and uh, take care.